Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Style Over Substance with me, Scarlett. And myself, Mim. And... Um, yeah thanks for joining us and today we've got a story time episode mm -hmm. yeah and um, where i'm going to be talking through why i left fashion yeah so, i feel like i did a really dramatic look to you but like <laughs> it's just, i left i left fashion a while ago well yeah because in our like reintroduction into this season of our podcast yeah we um kind of was honest about the fact that we no longer work in fashion after having worked in it for a few for a number of years um and we haven't discussed we've discussed our careers and things yeah. we haven't discussed why we left and I think why we left is such a significant reason for us to doing the pod yeah in general um and really relevant to the fashion industry and what gets said about it and yeah and it's a chance for you it. to like be honest about what it's actually like and see if there's there's no doubt going to be people out there who have had serious ser yeah similar experiences just as serious yeah um and yeah I think it's a great story to be honest yeah so I'll I'm going to interview you oh because you've <laughs> always like really really been into fashion I think as long as I've known you you've been you've had an interest in it and when it came to like choosing our options for uni and stuff yeah. you were already studying art and you would determine that fashion design was going to be what you pursued yeah. despite maybe feeling like maybe other subjects would be more prestigious more um financially better yeah um and the stigma of like do I pursue what I genuinely want to do or do I just do what's expected of you know girls our school or yeah. someone who has really good a-levels because you did am I doing the 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 stupid subject I remember you like yeah really battling with that decision well, I really did. And actually, I got better A-levels than I was expecting to get. Yeah. Um, also, probably because I don't ever give myself credit. But also, I studied really hard yeah. and got better than I thought. And I remember the person I was seeing at the time who was going to Oxford. Yes. I got better A-level results than him. Mm. And I was like, so why am I going and studying, like, a dumb subject? Not that it is dumb, but, like creative art is yeah. often seen as like it's an easy subject or like oh you're doing that because you're not bright so you're tr you're finding a way to navigate the world because you're not intelligent mm -hmm. and I have like I'm interested in just a lot of things mm -hmm. and I'd always wanted to do two degrees and I really struggled with it and I actually had like called up my uni to see if I could change course 
but as I was at university like someone literally my first week was also like oh so you're not bright if you're studying fashion mm. design and that like confirmed your fears yeah of people not taking you seriously in the world because you studied fashion design yeah and actually the university I chose so I did an art foundation year and the university I chose was intentional so I went to the University of Leeds to study fashion because it was an academic uni mm. and I needed that for myself but also having gone to an art college where people weren't super bright I was kind of like I do like that stuff. I want to have conversations with a history student or an English student. I don't want to just be only around art because I'm not a quintessential art person, really. Yeah, I think growing up, because we both studied art and we knew other like like artistic people, there was definitely this like art kid yeah. aesthetic yeah. and vibe and culture and... I don't think you fit into that sort of strict, <laughs> and it's not an insult. No, no, I, it's I just don't like, take it as one. I think in creative arts, especially in art and design, there can be a lot of kids who try to prove themselves as avant-garde or yeah. different or really creative. And, sure. And you weren't like that. Yeah. And actually, so. like, I did even apply for like London College of Fashion at Central St. Martins, but I, I don't think I would have even wanted to go because I'm pretty regular, like compared to like you're saying these avant-garde people who like yeah. dress in whatever way. I was like, I just wear like jeans and t-shirt. I don't really, ex- I don't feel the need to express my creativity externally. Yeah. Other than like, obviously other than the regular person who just likes to dress or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I very, into, like, I really struggled sort of with it, but I'd always wanted to do fashion design, like, for as long as I can remember. And, like, if I had made it, the thing I would reference, you know, whenever I was like, oh, so, like, when did you think you were, like, first interested in this? Yeah. I used to draw clothes and, like, I loved drawing, and I would draw clothes endlessly. I used to design my wedding dress. It yeah. like I know what it looked like. It was awful. I had two. <laughs> it was like one was red for the outside part of my wedding. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah. To play on the name Scarlet. I just I don't I just I think I must have seen like a non-white wedding dress once. I was like, yeah, you know I want to do growing that. up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. burgundy wedding dresses was a thing okay you know what I don't even know like if I was influenced like Victoria Beckham was hers like purple maybe but like burgundy purple one of them because I'm pretty sure she had a white one as well yeah yeah Yeah. but like I could picture that they both had like matching purple like metallic becks yeah wedding I'm sure I was like influenced by some of those types of weddings but like I've always loved it and I knew like I had to pick art to do it mm. and I would have wanted to anyway but yeah. even our, our art teacher was like uh you'll make up for like the art side by the with your writing so like, are you sure you want to pick art and I was like I, oh. I have to do art like I want to do design yeah, yeah and I was yeah, like yeah. and that's really rude like <laughs> yeah who who actually can draw like from a once in a week class yeah where you're like until you actually get taught to draw because you mm. actually don't until you properly take it yeah and that's Um, quite like interesting the idea of maybe at the beginning when you were beginning to pursue this career and someone not thinking that art and design was for you you'd be better at the writing but in the end you actually ended up having a career in design as a designer 
for like yeah. big name brands and it's kind of like a don't tell me of, I can't do something yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> all of that opinion really has it carries really little weight in yeah. the end it depends on what you want to pursue and how far you'll go to pursue it and also well, like what circumstances age do you pick GCSEs what like 13 yeah at least the latest is like 14 yeah so like I've got four or five years to develop and hone a skill like and definitely like I even know from then to now and I don't even draw that often I would do a better job than my sketchbook from then I'm appalled by my sketchbook like <laughs> yeah um yeah you just know. like you're developing a skill um but yeah so I've always wanted to do it it was like a big dream of mine. And funnily enough, the attitude changed when I got a job in it. The attitude changed from, oh, you're not that bright, to that must be a girl's dream job. Yeah, you know what? That's a good <laughs> point because I can see how that happened. Like, even I, thinking of your job, although I didn't really know what it entailed, I was like, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. You must be doing really big things. And... And then obviously we discuss it later, but like going on work trips and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds impressive. So yeah. that's quite funny, actually, how attitudes change. It changed like instantly as soon as I worked in it. But also probably at that point was I like, interning for free and like not quite probably working in it. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uni. What was... Because oh I'm sure God. there's people who like listen, who will listen to our podcast, want to get an insight into working in the industry, but does it make sense now that fees are like nine grand a year? It wasn't for us, but like, does it make sense to pursue a career in fashion via that traditional route? And knowing mm. that, like, if you don't go to Central St. Martins, you know, yeah. if you do go to Central St. Martins, it's like fast track to these yeah. big careers. But if you don't and you go somewhere like Leeds, is it worth it? Like, what's, how was your experience? I still think that it's probably required from the industry. Okay. Because I think people want to see, your, like, final projects and people – and your skills are so much better from going to uni and learning how to, like, do certain technical things. Yeah. Like, not many people know how to, like, pattern cut or whatever. So you need to know how to construct a garment. Um, I guess there would be those odd few that kind of could just do it through – if they've learned those skills themselves mm -hmm. my experience of university was awful really <laughs> it was really awful my friends and I joke our course was horrific in what way they used to just like belittle us so like already that fashion hazing started at university oh I see we even like our first year the design teacher would be like oh my god so, she wasn't from Liverpool, she was from Leeds. <laughs> Which, like, someone sent me an email and they clearly didn't understand the assignment and, like, very passive-aggressively read, that's like... Pass that's aggressive. <laughs> but, she, but, like, the person in the room, yeah. one time it was one of my friends, and she was stuck there, like, that was me that email, I'm not sure what we were doing. <laughs> and yes. she would be so rude. And there's been, like, genuinely times where, like, they would throw people's work on the floor... Like it was, mm. it was insane. Like their attitude sucked just because they'd had their moment in the sun, which like probably was no more than what I've done. Yeah, yeah. And like some was like designing like air stewardesses outfits, which is cool. But like, it's an air that like, you didn't design for like Vivian Westwood. You designed 
like in the parameters yeah. of what there already is. Um, you can't mess around with it too much. But yeah, they really thought like quite highly of themselves. And I think they brought the attitude of the industry into the classroom, yeah. which sucks. And it's, it's, it's funny because, like, we've, we've spoken in the past about how um, the industry can feel very small, especially if you are in, like, design and things like that. And especially if you're in the UK, because yeah. the UK is just, in general, it's small. And there's fewer design houses here as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's very much an inside... It can feel like it's an insider's club. Yeah. So, you know how it's, like the bullied becomes the bully yeah. and yeah. then you feel like in order to feel like you're part of the club you need you to join need to, in yeah. that hazing as you were saying I've had that with managers before as well where they definitely they'd almost be like after they've been awful would be like, oh I remember when I used to be yeah it's way. almost like, a like rite well, of, why are you doing it's it? like a rite of passage and then they feel like because they've gotten to that level that they have the authority and like the experience to bestow that like yeah that yeah. on you it's weird and maybe that was them being a bit like if you can't handle this you might not be able to handle the industry but like there's also a way to go about it like you shouldn't throw people's work on the floor and stuff but then it's um, like people who don't survive the industry in time will figure it out and they will leave on their own accord yeah when that happens to them if that happens to them you don't have to be the gatekeeper yeah. and that's the thing I think it's very much like there used to be like this gatekeeper mentality of like who who can be who can be successful and, and who can't and like yeah you know. and also there's different very degrees of success because also I had always had in my mind I want to like design at the highest level I can at like I wasn't someone who was aspiring to design at Topshop yeah like, that yeah. was never my goal I was like I want to design like stuff that I can't afford like yeah, that yeah. was always my goal where it's like so in my head, if I'd become a Topshop designer, I might not have felt as fulfilled. Yeah. But that's really successful to be successfully yeah, doing sure. a job like in your craft and in your profession. Like any job is like a success. Do you feel like, and I'm asking the question because I can admit that I held the same like belief system. Do you think there's a level of snobbery yeah. that... <laughs> That is like, um, I want to be in luxury. Yeah. Because like, even though I, I wasn't in design at all, but when I was like working on the shop floor and in yeah. retail sales, it was like, I don't want to be in any department store. I, I don't want to be in one. any yeah. brand. Yeah. I want to be in the in the one that is selling the stuff that is the most expensive. Stuff yeah, that I can't yeah, afford, yeah. that's where I want to be. I want to like, by proxy enter in a market that I have no place being in can't afford it don't have that lifestyle yeah and like anything below that is like um whatever like it's it's lower even if you're getting paid the same mm. approximately you will be and you might be getting paid better at high street yeah yeah you might be um well not in your profession but definitely in design you probably were um but like but yeah, yeah there's definite snobbery but also that's like almost encouraged by the industry because it was a thing of like, if if I had worked my first job and then be like, I'll go work at Topshop now and design bags, it was like, you can't go back up. Once you go down, you're not allowed back up. Like they won't take you. So you had to be really strategic. And actually, funnily enough, this golf documentary I'm work, uh, watching, 
if they choose to do the Saudi Arabia tour, they like won't be included in like the formal golf tour anymore because they like choosing to support Saudi. Oh, and they have this conflicting thing, and yeah. it's like you have like it, there's not that many jobs out there, and then you're like, well, top shopping like that. Like it sounds like I'll go home at five p.m. Yeah, but like. But if I want to be in this luxury game, which like I do and I've told myself because I'm a snob and like I'm like, I think that sounds more prestigious and I mm-hmm. want to be at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't go down. So I've got to wait for that job to come available. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, honestly, it's like being out of it. It sounds pathetic. But that's the thing you spend. And I think it's to do with age as well. Like yeah. when you're in your early 20s, you just left uni or yeah. you've got your first job and you're trying to figure out a way to navigate your career in general. It doesn't have to just be fashion. And you have to be that strategic yeah. because there's no one necessarily around you who's pursued the same career, who's doing the same thing as yeah. you. It's not like you can just ask your parents. Neither one of them were in fashion that like yeah. or like fashion design and whatnot, that they can give you a perspective on what it's like today. So Yeah. I think as you get older, then it's not. Um, no, but you're right. And also you get told in fashion, it's about who you know. And I was okay. like, I know no one. I was like, How I actually times, don't know that. Like, who who told you that specifically? It was everywhere. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Even even it would be like from our art teacher. I was like, oh, you know, fashion, it's about who you know. I was like, how do you fucking know? <laughs> do you think that's like self-fulfilling in that people who's not even in the industry will say it's who you know? Yeah. And then it just becomes true because that's what everyone says. I think it's a small industry, so I think that helps. But having stepped out of it, and now the industry that like I'm not literally in, mm. but I very much see like how it works. Yeah, um, it's the same thing. Like you, like half of our um, my colleagues have been brought in because they used to work with other people. Like it's the same in any world. Like if you had someone's CV come on your desk, you're like. Oh, I work with them at X. They were a great employee. Mm-hmm, That's a helpful yeah. like leg up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just it's got all these like mystiques around it. Yeah. Uh. But it is like you said, it's hard at any age to navigate, and I even see that in anything. Like, I think you have that in law. I think you have that in finance. If you want to go for like a top firm, or like you have that in all of that too. And I think yeah. you have to try and make that decision quite early on. And you have to be really conscious of that. And can you go back up? And and also you could almost get any job if you've worked so-and-so. And And that used to be the thing as well with like the rumor of Alexander McQueen was like, if you've worked there, like it's recognized because it's the worst place to work. So if you- Is it? Like worst internship, really grueling. Like it's awful. And it was kind of like, oh, if you can handle that, then- Oh, shit. What year was that? Do you remember? I'm awful with years. People make fun of me with how awful it. You have a really good memory, though. So I'm surprised. I know, but I don't do things by years. But it was probably like 10 years ago. No, so it's like yeah, probably about 10 years ago. Um, it was like a notorious thing. (sighs) Yeah. Um, but this is also like it's only now as well that internships are only allowed if you're being paid. Oh yes. So a few years ago, that became like a really hot topic of. Yeah, and that it unfortunately means some fashion houses can't get by, but also, so you can not pay people if it's part of their education. So, an apprenticeship. So, maybe. yeah, so I did a four year course with a year in industry. So, then I'm allowed to not get paid, basically. Yeah. 
uh, in the current state of staff. Mm. I also left, actually, no, I didn't leave uni and not get paid, but some of my friends did. Like their first jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And because also if you haven't done that, like sandwich year of, it's also like you have to have experience, Mm. but no one takes you if you don't have experience. And then again, it's like one of those slippery slopes of like, how do I get experience if you don't let me through the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And also like where I first worked, I loved it. I loved the brand. It was a small brand and there's still like a lot of the people there like still bought into that fashion thing. So they were kind of like, oh, you know, I remember my interview, the guy was like really, he was so lovely. He just took it so seriously. Mm. And I was like, let's be honest, all I'm doing is running errands. Yeah. Like, and you're checking like, if I know this or like what fashion design stuff I can do. And actually most of my time is spent getting Diet Coke for the boss or like lunches for people. Um, Oh my God. Okay. I want to talk about that, but first, like, there's quite often the idea of like people who can only afford to do internships Mm. um and I think this is not just exclusive to the UK but I definitely know that the creative arts in the UK in particular like when we look at like our biggest name actors a lot of them like uh Cumberbatch guy yeah Benedict um Oh, and like even Tom yeah and even like Tom Hardy yeah. I didn't yeah. know Tom Hardy was like private school Wait, boy. private school yeah Tom Hardy who's like his niche is like rough around the yeah, edges yeah. boy I was shocked anyway so a lot of these like big name British um people in creative industries are from well-off mm. or okay backgrounds family backgrounds even yourself like an, an yeah, yeah. okay family background um And it's only those who can afford to do unpaid work, which means that the industry becomes full, disproportionately full of those people from those backgrounds. Like, did you see that? What was your thoughts on that? And like, I know we've had discussions already, like even for you, it was still very difficult to afford working within the industry. So the first place I worked would probably be that kind. I was working for someone whose dad was definitely pumping like money into the business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was this. definitely from like a well-to-do and a lot of the people there, yeah, were like privately educated and mm. like had like a leg up in life. Yeah. However, in other industries or other places that I worked, I found the total opposite, where okay. people who'd just done that graft and maybe they were working a job to fund like living in London so they could intern, like really going for it and had to like put that in. And some of my friends had to do that for their year in industry were like having to work a second job yeah. to afford interning which sounds mad yeah yeah it is mad but it is definitely is a privilege a I was really lucky that my parents are a train ride from London rather than being like based up north and you were living with your parents at the time still, yeah, yeah so I didn't have to worry about covering those expenses it was just my train fare and like general living but also I still had a student loan that year so it, that covered, oh, yes. that covered that it was lesser okay but I still had a student loan that year but when you left you didn't was no, but I did actually in? leave to a paid job. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. Like, yeah, it's definitely a privilege, but you also see it in other industries yeah. where it sucks. But yeah, I also found that there was still a diverse sort of collective. But as we've talked about in other episodes, like the likes of Mary Catranso, like mm. you and the first person I worked for, you need funding behind you. It's not easy to have a brand like... The company I worked for definitely had money pumped into it. Mm -hmm. 
And like for sure when it like folded, I'm pretty sure she got given like from her dad, this is now all I'm giving you. Do what you... The brand that you were working for. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is how it felt in like from my perspective that her dad was kind of like, this is the last check I'm giving you. Like Mm. for you to make a go of it. Yeah. And because it was... So she like, she built it and it's established really well. And then basically had a bit of an it bag moment and then we scaled up but obviously with anything you you can't rise that way wave of stuff and then our numbers didn't stay that high and then it was like this really tricky thing to manage um and so I think then her dad was kind of like here's your last amount make a go of it and so then she was like I'm gonna get a shop I'm gonna like live out my dream this is how it all felt for me it might not have been the case but I feel like for six months or a year she was like I'm going to live out my wildest dream of having a shop with my name on it, with my designs in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then, like, I accept that we're going to fold. And she had, like, redundancies along that way anyway. But I feel like there was a finite amount of time. Mm. And it felt like she was playing with Monopoly money. That's how it felt like being inside there. Because, like, again, I'm not thick. I'm astute and also it was like an open plan office and I'd worked there but when there were like eight employees and then at that point there was sort of a 20 odd I just I overheard and like could hear and I love listening to like the business conversations Mm -hmm. so I'm like I'm not stupid I know what the maths is I know that we don't even have enough like for minimum orders and stuff yeah I know that we're like not meeting our margins and getting stuff right so like the money's not there mm-hmm. and also like would hear and actually this is a great thing I don't think I've shared before where there was a time where the company went into administration okay and then like oh then oh like who did he become our CEO maybe he was the finance guy and then he became like CEO or some shit okay and um, helped like part by or bought the company so it but under basically the exact same trading name with like one letter different yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, vibe. Yeah. But, and then obviously you have to transfer all bank details because basically they were being sued and they didn't want to honour that thing. But we weren't paying people. It was like a real oh, thing. Oh, yes, that is scammy, but that happens a lot. But like, but also I think they were being sued unnecessarily. Who knows? I don't care. Um, but at the time, then they were like setting up the bank accounts and we all had to sign basically saying that we're like happy to transfer over into the new... And a few of us were a bit like, what does this mean? I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we had to to get paid. Mm. They did it around payday. So, like, you can't sign this. Like, oh, you won't get paid till you sign this. Mm. Shit, that doesn't seem right. No. And because then, your initial contract was with the last company. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also it, it flags, is this place, like... Stable. Stable. Yeah. How do I feel about this? I've never experienced that before. It's, like, my first job. And the banks hadn't yet been set up. So her... EA, I think she was called EA at the time, uh, over the phone in an open plan office, reads out everyone's bank details <gasps> oh and how God. and how much they're being paid because they're paying it from like the boss's personal account. And literally, I then started making a list because this was like ridiculous. It was disgusting. I'm because I recognised my sort code. And then they said, like, basically, like, what your my gross was to be oh paid my into my account. God. So I wrote down what everyone was being paid, realised how low mine was as well. Um, but, yeah, what a faux pas. That's and, ha- like, like, it was really disrespectful. 
like just to literally be there like yes yeah, so so blah 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 um one thousand whatever like to get paid into their account it was that's really bad she couldn't have gone into another room of course we had private offices yeah but no that's dumb and that's what happens when people who get hired into jobs that do not have the credentials to be doing that executive assistants would never i'm so sorry she also messaged me the day after i got made redundant and I like posted a thing on Instagram, like sunbathing, and she went hashtag redundancy perks. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I was like, I just got made redundant. I'm devastated. Like, I'm actually devastated. It was like a dream job. I loved the job. I loved the designs. I'd worked there for so long. Like, I knew everything about this company and I handled it awfully. And she went hashtag redundancy perks. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. And that's another thing, like when you were talking about people, the bully becomes the bullied, it's like it's like I don't I don't know what it is. It's people just get they forget who they are a little bit, or there's a yes. risk of them forgetting who they are and trying to become someone then. People not. get caught away like or caught up in it and like that's just not my personality. I'm almost I almost go the opposite way and I'm still this way, even with people who work underneath me, where I'm like so sorry to ask you like do you mind thank you so much because I've just been treated so poorly yeah I don't want anyone to think of me that way Mm. and I'm almost doing it too much and like I have to work on that for sure but but, like people get swept away with this whole like monstrous thing like even when I was an intern and actually this woman ended up being like my mentor for a while and we got along really well but I wasn't allowed to address her directly she wasn't so even the main designer. I wasn't allowed. To, I had to go is that, buy. Is somebody. this the last company that you? No, worked no, no. At? This okay. was still at um, the first place. Okay. I, I wasn't allowed to. She was. She would have been younger than we are now. We weren't uh-huh. that. We would maybe have been five years apart in age. Okay. Not even, and so, like she like hadn't got the credentials to kind of warrant it. They were both like What's very you? young. Two women. One was like the founder and creative director and the other was like the senior designer and they basically did everything together. They were friends at uni and like were doing it all together and one Mm -hmm. had worked at Tom Ford for like a hot second so she thought she knew everything. And I wasn't allowed to address her directly and she would refer to me as she rather than my name. Can you get her to do this? Can she do that? And it was like living up to this thing and they would go and design in a secret room and you weren't really meant to enter. You had to like knock and it'd be like a real inconvenience if you like interrupted. And it was pathetic. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And actually, in the end, she was actually a really sweet lady. But she, I think she got swept up in that for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then actually, when I started working closer with her, she was really nice. And actually, she got screwed over. So many stories. Oh, um, my God. But she got screwed over by her best friend. Well, she kind of deserves it. Yeah, she, she did. But, like, we actually, like, we smoothed things over. And actually, she was really great with me. Um, and I learned so much but, from her. But that's the thing. Like, you two could have maybe started getting on and be on a yeah. level. And you feel like you've forgiven her or whatever. Yeah. And you've moved on from it. But it doesn't mean that she's not tra- treating other people in yeah, the office that way. true, true. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so um, what do you think was, like, the highlights of your career? I think the highlights were just generally having, like, a, well, probably when I had a job title that, like, ex, like was, like, accessories designer or, like, yeah. junior. Like, having it in the title, yeah. for sure. I remember being, like, I remember, like, or even I was excited to have an email address there that had my name on it because it used to what? just be intern. No way. Like, when I first started. Yeah. So, I was, like, I remember emailing my family, like, guys quite email address uh, but I think that's probably just a young no I think I still anyway. do that like um hi everyone here's my own yeah. work email address <laughs> um but also work trips like I've really enjoyed doing work trips maybe not so much with them to begin with but when it became actual design trips rather than being a human courier um that felt really cool and that felt really exciting and it feels yeah. glamorous and parts of it are but also part it's of it still, really It's still an experience that many people don't get to have. But like, again, I love learning. So just yeah. going and being in a factory, seeing people do stuff or people telling you like what construction works. Like I loved the learning aspect of yeah. it all. And then also they don't just make for you. So they're like making purses for Burberry or Tom Ford and you're sat there like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I used to love all that stuff. But then when I worked for the Couture House, I felt like, yeah really cool. it was a big deal I mean and the brand yeah. you worked for and I used to used to be able deal. to work, walk through the atelier and I just like every day that was like that never got old like seeing women who was mainly women in the atelier mm-hmm. um who just really knew this like that was amazing like I felt really honored to be a part of that yeah um and then be able to see stuff in shows like all yeah. of that stuff was huge and Nick the- that designer was incredible. Like, yeah. their stuff was incredible. Yeah. Um, like, real pieces of art and stuff like that. Not my taste, like, to own the accessories I was designing. But, like, yeah. So that felt like a real, like... Oh. Yeah, you made it. Yeah. Did you feel like you made it at the time? The, the time that I really felt like I made it was when they'd fired my boss. And I then was hosting, like, design meetings. Oh, yeah. And I was okay. like little me now like I was the assistant and now little me or I was like the junior but anyway like I'm now hosting I'm acting like head of design yeah yeah and I'm presenting this to this creative director and the CCO or whatever her name was and like and I wasn't nervous mm-hmm. like I I was like I know what I'm doing like yeah. I'm not nervous and they were intimidating people I was like I'm not gonna let you intimidate me because I would see the, the shoes design. I'm sure I said this before. And she'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like this, shaking in her boot and be like, oh, <laughs> like the whole time. And I was like, yeah, no wonder they don't respect you. They don't respect you because you 
fumble at any like I thought it was like unfair right because we're all allowed to be nervous but I was like I'm just not scared and also maybe because it wasn't my job to be presenting so I was like I have nothing to lose here I think it should be the other way around though because you're at work you're not meeting a celebrity you're at work (laughs) this is a presentation they're your employer and like you know when you're at work you just have to be like it's okay to be nervous that's not a problem because you're presenting something and their opinion matters and has like a huge bearing on your daily work and whatnot but (laughs) after a while that should wear off you should be like this is my job I see them around the office okay they're a big deal in that oh right but like (laughs) I would have thought someone like you who's just come into it and you're still trying to prove yourself you don't even have that job title but you're doing the work anyway should be be more more flustered for sure but you know what? It's because I would sit in a meetings or I would help write notes in meetings and my boss used to be flustered too. Okay. And she used to like be adamant. She would love dressing up. She'd wear heels and she was a tall lady. And if they needed scissors, she would sprint across the office to go get scissors. You know what scissors. I think is? I think knowing you, I think you saw these other two people uh-huh. being absolutely pathetic. And you were just like, I cannot act like yes. that. And also I don't buy into that either. I'm never, if someone needs something, I'll get scissors as fast as I can. I'm not going to run to do anything. Yeah, that's yeah. pathetic. Like, no one, think, nothing's yeah. that important, but they probably are still from the era of the fearful managers and people are like, I want it now. And they're like running, like, why aren't you running? Yeah. And it's just like, I can run and get them in 10 seconds or I can walk and get them in 20. Like, we can all take a deep breath. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, I was embarrassed watching them do behave this way and so I was like I'm just not like I don't buy into it that much and also it's not like like I'm designing for you and what you've asked me to do it's not personal if you don't like that these Mm. aren't my dreams yeah yeah, yeah. I'm meeting a brief Mm -hmm. like it's matter of fact like kind of a thing yeah um but yeah so I really felt like I made it then. I'd be like hosting these meetings. And then especially if like the designer's like, yeah, I really like that. Like good work. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. Um, what was the reason? What was like the straw that broke the camel's back? Because you obviously said like, like hours, respect, pay. These are all things that, would be bad in any industry for anyone. Yeah. But considering it was like you actually loved your job and you yeah. loved the industry and you felt like you were part of something that made you happy, what was the reason where you thought, no, like, all the good stuff side, it doesn't outweigh the bad? Yeah. And actually, you even say that, like, I did actually love it. Like, I used to work late. So my first job, we would like work late quite a lot because my boss wouldn't rock up till 11. So she'd do her working day in different hours and we'd all kind of be expected to stay. Oh, I see. Yeah. But I loved it. And what I worked on, and I was kind of in charge of Surface, and I loved that. And I loved doing packs to the factories. And, like, all I loved all of that. And even researching and, like, mm-hmm. la, la, la. I loved all of that. And also, when you're busy, I thrive off being busy. Like, okay. you know, when you have that nervous feeling in your tummy because, like, you just got so much to do and you just like can't sit still and there's oh loads God, you're to do. Than me. I mean, I'm not like that now because I don't have enough to do, but I prefer. Oh my God, such a... <laughs> oh my God, where was her? No, it's annoying because like I almost then like put off doing stuff mm. because I'm so used to like this. Oh my God, we've got to get this done now. Or like, oh my God, this is coming at four. Like it needs to be ready. Yeah. Um, so like I used to love it. So the work, 
the work hours weren't terrible, but when my boss left or got fired, and um, they didn't handle that great, they didn't tell me until like the afternoon. So all morning I'm just like sat there. Okay. And luckily she had called me and given me actually the heads up. But like HR is obviously meant to have come and been like, by the way, I bet I bet you're wondering where so and so is. Because mm. what if she didn't have my number? Or like, we didn't have that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I'd worked with her previously, but like, um. And so, yeah, I was like, they kind of like didn't say if they were going to replace her or not. Okay. And months go by and I'm doing her job. We don't have an intern anymore. Her like time has come to an end. Mm. So I'm doing three people's work, just me. It's like the middle of a season, like, or not even, I think it was quite near the beginning of a season. Like I still had a lot of work to do. Okay. Um, and annoyingly, like the shoe department had two people and they wouldn't help me. They wouldn't give me any of their time. And okay. I had no like respect from the production company either, or not company department, mm-hmm. that, oh, we might we might not meet these deadlines because, you know, it's just me now. They'd be like, yeah. you got to. That would literally, yeah. every time I'd be like, and I'd almost be crying to this girl of like, I, I don't know if I can meet this. Like, can we please push it back a day? Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, you've got to and I just be like look I've worked all weekend like please like I just don't have like I one day just gives me the time and she would literally just be like would never give me any grace okay. and I was like come on like you're aware of what's going on and it's obviously because there's deadlines to get stuff to factories and whatever but I'm only one person and yeah. no one's helping me or providing me with a solution I mean most of the time it's an is there an attitude to want to help people really and even if there's nothing she can do like just i'm so like let me see she might not be able to move it but like lie lie or be like sympathetic or whatever um and yeah and it was just becoming a real struggle um and then because i was so busy they would like sometimes not include me in meetings because i wasn't a certain seniority but i'm doing all the work but also like and I'd be like oh it would be really helpful to be in the meeting because then I can hear the comments firsthand and Mm. ask the relevant questions and she was like I don't understand like she would really like this girl used to really like battle me and I was like but you've told me instructions and I would have asked a follow-up question to these so I knew exactly what I had to do uh so that I'm not wasting time and and it was just becoming this battle with this girl who like I fucking hated she was the devil um like because she just didn't care and she would just like feel so sorry for herself but she was going home and I'm still there at 10 o'clock at night doing it yeah um and yeah and then I got really ill and I was like telling HR like look I'm not well like is someone coming like what's going on if it's me like am I getting a promotion like give me some answers Mm -hmm. I then got given a project to do by the creative director that almost kind of felt like you know if do you do this well this might be like your promotion oh I see I did all this work she then never reviewed it and like but I still have to have it on standby just in case um it was like all this stuff like mounting up and then like not only am I designing the collection and then this weird little special project as soon as like a couture piece comes in I've got to drop everything and I've got to draw it and I'm the only person who can do it and then also it got to a point where if I did try and ask um, the shoes girl to do it. She's like, I want Scarlett to do it, which is a compliment that like she wants me to do it. But like, do you not know how much work I've got to do? Um, and I was just dying. And I was just like, it's not worth it. I was miserable. I think I left here at like 
six thirty, seven in the morning. Okay. I wouldn't be back till eleven midnight. This was like just on repeat. And then there were points where I was having to work at the weekend. So I would go to my mom and dad's because at the point I was living with a flatmate and I didn't want to be around her because I was so miserable that mm. I didn't want to bring that energy to her. Mm-hmm. So every weekend I'd go to my mom and dad's and just like either sulk or be just drawing all day. Yeah. Um, and I was like, just this isn't, this isn't worth it. How and long I, did that go on for? Months. Months. Yeah. And, and then also around that point, I basically got told like, oh, like we're not going to be offering you that job, or like oh, I didn't expect to become head of design overnight. Mm. I was expecting, oh, maybe I'll get Senior a promotion, designer and then you can bring somebody in either at my level or like someone in maybe less senior than my boss, and we can kind of like ride it together. Um, and also, I saw CVs, or was it CVs, on my like big boss's desk and asking salaries for a head of design for shoes and it was like six figures and I was like in like the mid-20s and I was like so I'm doing the job of someone on six figures and you're paying me that and I've asked for a pay rise and then I think they offered me like a four grand pay rise and I was like no literally no and I was really ill and I remember it the HR girl being like I was coughing she's like can't like can't you go home and I was like I've got too much work to do. I can't go home. And I just had a cold for three months. Like it was awful. And then I made my peace with handing in my notice because they didn't offer me anything. Um, I still loved it. I really respected the creative director. Like I loved working with her. She was a real, like, I really respected her. But I was just like, I just can't. Like this isn't sustainable. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the thing. I don't and know. And also they weren't. They weren't a stable company. They shuttered after a while. There'd been points where we hadn't got paid properly as well. And they were trying to skimp on stuff and we were rationed with printer paper. Like, so you knew the finances weren't great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and that's obviously why they also fired my boss. It was probably like a financial decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just was like, I think this is me leaving fashion. Like, it wasn't even like, this isn't for me. I was like, I think this is me leaving fashion. Okay. What made Um, you think that you could do better elsewhere? I just thought anything is better than this. Like I genuinely, at that point, I was like, I would rather work in a coffee shop. I I need my life back. Like I need my happiness back. I was just like, I felt like such a shell of myself. I would leave work every day and cry and like call my mum or dad. And I was just like, and then I remember my dad being really like, you sure you want to do this? Like, are you sure you want to leave? I think my brother's my brother was like, is this worth it? Like you're miserable. Like this yeah, is your yeah, life. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Um and also, you know, when you're in that state, or maybe you don't, but like when you're around people and you just like you feel like you're on the edge of like crying. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not I'm not any good to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and like my dad took a bit convincing, but I needed everyone's support because I was like, I'm leaving this and I don't want anyone to be like, well, you went and left fashion, didn't you? What a big mistake. I needed like to yeah, feel you supported don't want, yeah. and I was also a shadow of a human like I didn't have right now I'd be like I don't care if you understand whereas like then I needed everybody's support because I was course. so broken you don't want to walk you don't want to feel like you're going to make a decision that you think is best for you and then people are going to rub it in your face yeah. that makes you feel even worse and again when you are you at that point 
we're still in our 20s and you don't necessarily know any better yeah you're taking an even bigger leap because it's not someone who's like gone from one job or one industry to another and you're like I'll bounce back yeah yeah you almost kind of feel like what the fuck am I gonna do now and I was like I don't know what I was gonna do but when I got made redundant I did temping and I like did some office work and I was like if that's what I have to do again like fine I don't care Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever I just need my life back for a bit I need to actually visit my home like and not just use it as a bed stop and and yeah but I I don't know why I really realized like it's the end of fashion but I think it was I think it was the way people treated me when I was suffering and Mm. I was like this is a common theme that I haven't been like when I got laid off and made redundant I wasn't treated well and I was like I just don't I just don't want this yeah and I was and also probably then I had the thing like from where we started of like I can do more than this I could have been a fucking lawyer like I don't need to put up with this like I'm a bright enough person that I can pick up another job yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can learn a new profession and I always knew I wouldn't probably last forever in fashion because of we even mentioned it in our last episode there's only so many jobs at the top yeah Mm -hmm. and and the hours aren't worth it and yeah I just kind of it was a really weird one but like and I was gutted for a while and it took me forever to update my LinkedIn it probably took me like I think it's a year and a half two years (laughs) to admit it because I think it was also more like my degree is now redundant and also it was more like all my network is in fashion and I kind of more didn't want people to be like so what she's now like just works in an office um I like still I hate my job title it's, it sucks like I'm not but you do more than just work in an office no I know but I still like it's funny I'm not proud of my job I used to be so proud of saying what I did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like right now I think also because I'm like still figuring out my life of like what direction to take it in and I'm trying to steer it and luckily I'm in a job where like, I can yeah but I'm not like I'm I don't have that same pride which is really funny because think, they like yeah. all these things I've just said. Why did I have any pride in saying what I did? But that's like we've discussed it before how um, industries that are so people want to be part of them so much, and fashion mm. is like that. It is able to exploit people based on the idea of like yeah. everyone wants this life. I feel like look I had at a, the glamour. I feel like it. I had a toxic footballer boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I feel like I've just like be like Why would you leave and him? And this is why he tr- this is how he treated me but like but he was a footballer. So yeah. like yeah. did you see the trips I went on? Like, yeah. Uh yeah. Oh I my mean God. like job role and being proud and stuff of that is um in fashion is part of the appeal definitely the brand that you work for the title that you have the proximity to To bigger things and also because of that's what you love right when you're close to like a beautiful um couture gown to someone else they'd be like whatever but like when you love it you're like oh Oh my my god God, this is amazing Yeah. Yeah, yeah and like so I miss that aspect of it but also like I have a life yeah, and, and I think that comes onto a point that again we've discussed because we've discussed a lot of like things, but the idea you're more likely to afford the things yeah. that you used to design or sell or whatever now yeah. than you could previous. Yeah. Previously. It's so, so true. Uh, but I'm like, I definitely feel like out of it, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, I'm like more reluctant to buy into fat, like expensive 
fashion. Are you? More, I think, because we're both aware of like the markups. The like, I think it depends. And on the that brand we used to, and we used to have we used to have discounts and stuff. Yeah. But like, don't get me wrong. There are loads of designer goods I want, but also I think at the moment I'm really aware of like, am I buying this because of hype? I think I think fashion now is something to really sit in and like, especially expensive pieces and like accessories, mm-hmm. like and having worked in it. Even some of the bags that I have that I worked on, I'm like, probably a bit like, not my style now, but I wear them because I have them. Yeah. And like, I think I'd feel really annoyed if I spent a couple of grand on a bag and in like three, four years or even five years, I'm like, this isn't really it anymore, is it? <laughs> I mean, that happens like, in life regardless. Yeah, I like, know. But I don't also think that you're a person who like jumps from trend to trend or anything. No. I think you're a bit more um, mindful and thoughtful in that sense. So I don't, I don't think that would happen to you. No. And hopefully, actually, I feel like at least with this, the knowledge and like experience I have, I'd hopefully try and be like, so it's really well made. Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you never know. But like, you hope that you're like, look this is great yeah I mean I still love clothes I still love fashion but yeah so is it like a um never again I think so yeah I also think I'm too far out of it I did do some like um some freelance like for a little while and I liked that it was like keeping my toe in it but like I just what about workers I've I've thought about this myself working for a fashion brand but not in a design or not in a like a like other department merchandising buying um visual merchandise none of those other yeah. departments but like say you do what you do now but, but for fendi let's say no it's it's i it's think like, I, I can only be in it in it's fashion. The trauma no but i think also like i want to be i want to know that i want to know what's in that room okay and also yeah it's the trauma a bit as well i think it's, trauma, yeah. I think it's i think it's the attitude of the companies and I think it's too hard to change. Like, I think there's not uh, an incentive for the culture to change, really. No. And I don't know what it's like now. I don't know what it's like to work in fashion now. I have no, no. no idea. But, um, and they were like, they were nice people that I worked for, like, especially at the last place. Well, as nice as you can be if you're about to like make everyone <laughs> go into administration <laughs> and not really give people a heads up. But like they were nice people, mm-hmm. but like it's the toxic continual thing that they all do that like is not gonna go anywhere, is it? Yeah. And you know, even when I okay, uh I was saying I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, I told you I started watching Bling Empire mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. And um one of the women on there, she is an influencer and I've been following her for years prior, but um the other people, I don't really know them. Um, and they <clears throat> obviously get invited to fashion shows and stuff like that because they either work in the industry or they just have money. And the culture, it's like, I don't think I could hang out with these people. Yeah. Some of these people are weird. They're not like real people. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to go to like shows and weekend in Paris, see a few shows, all of that yeah. soft life. But to be part of it, culturally full-time it's not a real place and when you consider that a lot of the people are who are part of it are just born into wealth because like couture is for 
incredibly yeah. wealthy people and that's what they genuinely buy it's not and you know for the likes of us we just we look at couture as something to be admired it's beautiful in its construction and its design but for some people this is actually their yeah. Zara you know they're actually buying this stuff for special occasions and I'm not in that world yeah these incredibly wealthy people we have nothing in common that that in itself it is a industry of people who are kind of out of touch and who will continue to be out of touch because of the price point they're buying into it's just it's not something that like it's 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 not a culture that you'd want to be in or could be in for any amount of time yeah and actually I think that even if I hadn't had that negative experience then and stayed on and I didn't have the kind of working late issue and whatever I think I probably would have got to a point by now because mm. I even find it with social plans and whatever where like I could tell the people where like obviously it's nice to catch up sometimes with people you haven't seen for a while but you're just like am I gonna be friends with you still in 10 years I don't think so like are we just holding on to this yeah like and you saw all like certain things if you're not in the right mood it just feels exhausting mm-hmm. to like do certain things or like certain people are like safe people where like you just feel comfortable and it's fine. And most of my friends are like that because I've known them 10 plus years. So most of my friends I feel really comfortable with. Mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. know, when you have those more like acquaintancey people, yeah. you're like, I don't know if I can be bothered to have small talk. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I want to be able to be like, guys, I'm having a bit of a bad day. Like, so yeah, I'm not bringing yeah. much energy and it not be a thing or someone's gossip or you're not sure because you don't know them that well. And I feel like I probably would have reached my limit with the culture, the really wealthy people who work at the top. I just think generally, because I even used to like joke about it with, I had a really good friend at the last place. He he loved fashion. Mm -hmm. And I was, and would be like going to exhibitions all the time. And I was like the least like arty fashion girl where like, I didn't, at the weekends I didn't do anything like to do with my job. Like, and I just think I just was never, I never thought it was like a high enough priority or like do or die. So I probably would have left it. Okay. Like, I feel like, especially like as you get older, you're just like, I don't have time for this. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I just like, you value things differently. And I think I probably would have reached my limit maybe in a different way. Yeah. Um, but That's then fair. maybe I would have like segued into, because I know a girl who used to work there in the um, women's wear team when I was there, we used to sit, like our departments were nearby and she's now moved into high street and she's like it's the best thing she ever did and she used to have the same snobbery and all of that but once she got laid off she then moved into it and she loves it but I like you know yeah but I don't really want to be designing Zara bags so yeah that's fine that's fine yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so I've um I've heard most of this before but not in this depth, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because like, it's not until you talk about something that like more comes back yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. And it is that thing of like, you really suppress, like even with uni, I remember my final year of uni, I used to film myself crying mm. because I was like, I don't want to romanticize. Wow. That's how very, hard um, this was. That's very, uh, it's really weird. <laughs> But we, but, but we do romanticize we me and one of my really good friends still we were both working our butts off to try and get a first mm-hmm. which we did um but 
to to what detriment our own yeah we were like slogging our guts out and we were putting all this pressure on ourselves and I was miserable and I just remember being like let's not romanticize oh don't you miss uni like la 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 I was like no it was really hard it was really tough maybe self-inflicted yeah but like it wasn't the best like the especially final year just was not a good time Mm mm-hmm um and that was fine and it like it worked out and all the rest of it but I think like it's like it's funny like remembering stuff because even the people I work with now I'm like you haven't heard how it used to be because some people like really complain if they do like an hour of overtime I'm like you've got no clue what you could be doing (laughs) like you probably think my job was just coloring in yeah and you've got no clue how miserable it was so funny well yeah. I think that this episode's been the best advert for like why you should join the fashion <laughs> I mean like it's just more like I wish I had heard probably someone's account who isn't okay. just like an advertisement from it yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like by all means still go into it like it's great and I loved it but it's not for the faint-hearted and you've either got to hold your own or just accept some of these things but I kind of refused to on that on that point, thanks for <laughs> thanks for, for hearing my therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> listening to Style Over Substance and watching us on YouTube. Um yeah, that's been Scarlett's account of why she left fashion. Um We'll be doing yours in what, like two weeks? Yeah. A week or so, two weeks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah um so we'll both get a chance to share our experience from different perspectives in different job roles different traumas but yeah um we also um do fashion stories so we talk about um fashion events and things that have happened in the week um so yeah if you like the sound of this episode be sure to subscribe on youtube subscribe on all of the podcast listening platforms that you can hear our podcast and um, if you have topic suggestions that you want us to cover, talk about our opinions on things, um, be sure to email us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.